And now, it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Dad Bod Rap Pod, we are back. Episode 182. Will Dad Bod Rap Pod outlast the Delta variant? Will there be new variants? Will there be a DBRP variant? You have to stay tuned to check it out. If you continue to believe uh, the rapper's ideas on vaccinations, there will be several more variants. So just stay tuned. Uh, but we're glad you're here with us. My name is Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dim One. I am joined by Nate LeBlanc. What's happening? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, big news in my world. Got a new rice cooker reached over it to plug something else in got a huge burn on my arm big day yesterday <laughs> from the rice cooker the rice yeah, cooker the itself steam from the rice cooker oh, like i just like yeah. wasn't thinking about it and i was like oh yeah. i should do something over here yeah yeah okay okay so nate's nate's perfect perfect calrose rice though right with a little little braised nate in there <laughs> little steamed little steamed leblanc uh also as we always do, we have Mr. David Ma in the Zoom. What's happening? Hey, guys. Good to see you. Um, yeah, you mentioned um, Delta earlier. It's like I'm a little congested. So every time is it like I'm going to die or fucking do I have allergies? Right. So that's where I'm at right now. Both, yeah. Dave. Both. Um, <laughs> one sooner than the other. Yeah. Yeah. What you yeah, say, no. I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm there with you, man. Um, this is like week. 3000 of trying to make sure you don't cough or, or right. act like you're sick at all. Um, which is, which is uh, terribly unfortunate. I think we're at that phase now where it's like, we could have been over it. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Totally. Like we could, totally. like, it doesn't have to be all this <laughs> to now. put it mildly. Yeah. We, right. we could have dealt with this one. So I, I don't know. I'm trying to fighting off the, the COVID blues with the slew of new, uh, rap releases in recent weeks that have come out that we want to kind of dig into a little bit in our intro section. We've got a interview with Tanya Morgan on the other side of this, but before we get to that, we want to circle back. Um, I believe it was even a whole year ago that Nas dropped uh, King's disease one and Nate uh, literally imploded. Like we just put him back together <laughs> like last week. Uh, but uh, he, he released King Disease One, uh, which went on to win a uh, Grammy. And uh, we had we had thoughts and feelings on this show. Uh, we were not super into that record as a collective. And when all three of us aren't into something, it's either uh, an anomaly like uh, Iron Man or I'm just kidding. We, we kind of like Iron Man. You guys leave us alone. Uh, it's either an anomaly or like, we, we just really um, have a visceral reaction to a, a piece of art. But now Nas has released King's Disease 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> no, Electric Boogaflu? <laughs> I, was, I was going for a gout reference and I just I couldn't get there. Um, that's two albums about gout though. So he's released King's Disease 2 uh, last week and the hip hop Twitter internet was all in a flutter. Uh, but I want to come back to um, you, Nate, because you had very strong feelings about King's Disease 1. Uh, how do you feel about King's Disease 2, more disease? 
perfectly capturing the ethos of our times in this essay i will uh it's good it's a good record there's there's one really bad song that i imagine we're going to want to talk about uh that makes you mistrust the whole thing uh but you know it's it's a good rap record and the only problem with that is we shouldn't be surprised when legends make perfectly good records Mm. like that should be the bar and then Mm. you should go up from there right you shouldn't be like patting a three-decade legend on the head and going hey buddy good job you made a good record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, True that. True uh, that. But it is a good record, and I really like it. And I really like the little stretch um, from the song Store Run through mm-hmm. the Lauren Hill song. So Store Run Moments and Nobody, yes. that's, that Agreed. is good rap music right there. That's just really well done. See, you guys, you thought we were stodgy haters. Uh, when Nas makes a record that Nate enjoys, Nate. Nate gives it props. Dave, you you've been very much on the Nas spectrum. You've you've definitely been more uh, kinder to his more recent works. How does King's Disease Two sit with you? Um, you know, I really liked it. I um, is it the best sequel ever? Uh, based on how shitty the the former was, you know what I mean? Like I, um, to Nate's point, I really like Store Run and Moments, and we mentioned um, the track with Lauren Hill. I mean, how do you sound so smoky and smooth? <laughs> like, how do you do that? Like right. 30 years removed. It's crazy. Like a California wildfire up in this piece. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. She's emerging from the forest. Um, it sounds- the, the wildfire would be on time. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, man, I'm really into it. I think, um, I think Nas sounds great on it. He sounds reinvigorated. And the beats, I mean, the beats don't blow me away, but I think they're a good enough soundscape and they don't bother me. Um, King's Disease <laughs> 1 was just a fucking mess from beats to lyrics to everything. Um, sure. But, you know, uh, Nate touched on this earlier. How about that Eminem uh, verse, you guys? <laughs> wow. You know what? I, I gave it another run um, just a little bit ago before we hopped on air just to be like, you know, we talk long shit about Eminem on, on this program. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I'm, I'm being fair minded when I say that that was fucking garbage, man. That's 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 bad times right there. Um, and, and then it's like it's got to be like 60 plus bars. It's like right. some right. ridiculous amount of time. Um, and I feel like that that is one wart uh, upon the album. Let's totally. say um, I found myself. um I was kinder to King's Disease one than than some folks. I was like, oh, okay, it's an it's all it's an all right rap record. I, I didn't find it to be abject trash. Um, I did feel like this album is the first one where I I've done what Nate says we should have done from the beginning, and I've stopped rooting. I went into this album not rooting for Nas to make a good album. Right. Um, I just I felt like we we've kind of been holding our breath for that for a long time and i felt like this record had it had its moments um i don't necessarily feel like the hit boy thing doesn't really work for me i'm, I'm just i'm waiting to hear something else i think uh, to your point nate there was a, a a little uh nice point where from store run to moments um but this the trappier stuff. I I don't feel Nas sounds great over that. Um, the girl songs are just cringy as fuck. I, I think 
I think Nas struggles with that type of subject matter, and yet we get three to four songs of that on every record. Right. Um, can, I, can I posit a theory of why I think the beats work better? Hmm. They're more soulful. And boy, what, okay. by which I mean yeah, yeah, they're yeah. taking big chunks yeah. of soul songs right. and running them. And who doesn't sound good over that? Especially totally. Nas. Like, we have a long track record of Nas sounding really good over that kind of stuff. And so it's like, if you're, it's like going through the folders, it's like just, but Pick why the ones is it that we know work, you know? Why is it so hard though? Like, why did it take this long for, for Nas to make a record to me that is like on the level of, to me, burden of proof? I listen to this record and I go, this is Nas's burden of proof. A decent rap record, check in, um, you know, has very high expectations. The Lauren Hill verse definitely puts it a little more special than it normally would be because that's just she hasn't really had a rap that's person. rare at this point it, yeah right? that's very very rap rare is rare yeah so that that gives it a, a level of specialness but i i, I found it to be i and like Ooh. should we should we be so excited because nas is i you know um i don't know but but that's just me i feel like um this will be an interesting jump off i'm kind of cautiously like excited that maybe they found the niche for him like i, I hope I, so you know i hope so with you to your point about the soul so. beats nate i, I, I you feel know, like it it sort of reminds me of uh 444 I, I see a lot of mm. corollaries with that because they both sound fantastic over soul samples and this album like 444 a lot of the subject matter is very reflective you know what i mean yep. at, at this yep. point in his life he's talking about this and doing this because he's at this point in his life and it's sure. not and it's not just fiction you know so um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I do agree with you, though. Like the, the girl songs are kind of cringy, but you know, I mean, Nas. I mean, for me, uh, I don't have the highest expectations. I'm not. A, I, I, I'm not expecting Illmatic every time, you know. So, um, as long as it's good, it's good. And you yeah. know, Nas's highs are very high. Yeah, when he when he's locked in from a writing yeah. and delivery standpoint, he's as good as anybody. Uh, I just I don't want to like let the Eminem song off the hook as just being a bad <laughs> Eminem song. Though. Like, it's a poorly constructed song from a couple of 100. different perspectives. Like mostly, like as we touched on earlier, verse lengths. Like, yeah. why are they said so different? That doesn't right, make any right. sense. Like, totally. it's like, and what does Eminem have to do with EPMD? Right. Like at totally. any point, the like, letter he, E. Yeah. <laughs> did, he, <laughs> did he wear a shirt? with them on it and Nas was like, oh yeah. Totally. I, I, I think, I think I the hook, here's how all. I think it came together. I think the hook in the hook, he says EPMD. I think they recorded a whole last song. Mm -hmm. They had planned an Eminem feature already cause this, it's a cash grab. Eminem mm -hmm. features are a cash grab at this point. And then, and then Hit Boy, somebody was like, we should get EPMD on it. But like as a, as like a cool thing, had them come through and do something that was like, I, but I don't think, Maybe this is where you're going with it, Nate. I don't think EPMD deserved better than they got on a song named EPMD. That's all. 100%. <laughs> um, and like their verses are so short. And then like Eminem's verse, it's like sitting down in a movie and finding out it's three hours. <laughs> You know, like, what the fuck? You're like, I'm in Lord of the Rings? What happened? <laughs> I already tweeted this, so I don't want to, like, repeat myself. But, like, there's a, like a, there's a long part about Christmas. Christmas, Santa, <laughs> like the verse is so long. There's parts. It's like, like, like if Dave's like to extend Dave's metaphor, it's like in this bad movie, I don't want to watch it. I, it's like, okay, we're it's Christmas now. 
I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Hopefully yeah, Christmas will be yeah. over when I come back. Oh my God. Uh, That's how long the verse is. It takes you to Christmas. Yeah. You're like, literally, <laughs> yeah, you're literally there. Um, Yeah. That, that was weird. And it like, could have been good. Cause like the beat was like, I like a moody dramatic Nas. Like I like a like one mic I think works for that reason. I think that's why Major Look works so well because there's mm. there's a level mm. of cinematic drama that his monotone I think works well with. So I, that song was doing I thought it was doing some good things and then uh, it kind of took a turn, but um, it's being very well received. So yeah. from okay. a certain Last perspective, quibble, yeah, I don't think the a boogie feature works either. Like electro crooning or whatever we're going to call it should not be on a Nas record. Like it just sounds bad. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. I'm oh going out no, totally, like, totally. You yeah. can't skip the middle of a song. It's like, cause I don't mind the YG verse at all. Again, yeah. weird construction though. Right. Like, what do these totally. guys have to do with each other? Except for right. like you decided you wanted features on X number of songs and then you put them somewhere you together. Them it just, yeah. for me, that's just weird. Like executive production. It's just like, Who's thinking about this? What's the, like, what are we going for with this? What's the end result of this song? Totally. I, 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 I didn't, I, I didn't think that worked. I no, think no, what, I hear you. What, what keeps it interesting is that, like, you know, fucking 20 years, 30 years removed now, we're still like, hey, Nas just needs a little bit of a nudge. He just needs right. a little it's, bit of yeah. a, right. you know? So he's he's still there. He's still can he good text Large Professor and ask him if this is a good pairing? Right. Can, can, large, can large professor and Primo just hang out with him in a shed, shed with him somewhere? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I feel like um, what you said, Nate, it makes a lot of sense about Nas sounds great over soul influenced and, you know, beats. And um, I don't know why it's so hard. I feel right, like right, it's, right. it's kind of like the, the, the big man center where you're like, dude, just go to the paint and like turn around and dunk the ball. <laughs> That's how I feel with Nas sometimes. Like, dude, right. just go in the paint, turn around and dunk the ball. Like, why are you doing this weird shit? I would also allow that that's just what we like. Oh, totally. You know what I oh, mean? Totally. So it's like, totally. nobody cares what we think. But, you know, it's just kind of funny that and it's almost like almost like a different metaphor for Nas would be like when Clay Thompson does his layups and you're just like bro threes threes please it's threes or dunks like do not do a layup in the playoffs it just makes me so mad because you know that's two points but he wants to get cute totally totally Nas has missed so many layups through the years though you know what I mean so so we're we're both like hurt in some ways but also we have this like uh, this ex- expectation or we we root for the album we want to hear. I'll call it right now. Yeah. I think people are a little bit in the we wanted a good Nas record so bad. We're we're giving it a little bit more juice than maybe it deserves, but that's fine. I'll, I'll make like- myself a playlist with like t- 11 or 12 of the 15 songs and that'll be the record for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a good record. And there's that, that little highlight of that run where it's like, this is really, really good. The rest is, it's pretty good. It's good. Yeah, oh, he's going back to that grannies. We'll send you the, <laughs> we'll send you the Eminem acapella, Nate. <laughs> that's going to be our new intro. Oh man. Drinking a panna. So so bad. Um, <laughs> all right. So on that tip, there there was some other releases that were quite noteworthy uh, that that came out recently. Wanted to talk about the Isaiah Rashad, the long-awaited uh, Isaiah Rashad release on TDE, um, as an interesting counterpoint to Nas because I feel like Nas is 
legendary status trying to see what he can do late career where we have Isaiah Rashad, I think is, is this is the stepping, stepping into prominence uh, record for him is very much long awaited. And um, I don't know. I, I didn't think I would like it. I didn't like his last record a whole lot because it's a little electro for me, but I, I really dug it. Like I was really uh, vibing out with it last night. And I felt like um, I complained quite a bit on this program, not so much, but definitely on Twitter about um, the singing, like it's fine, do it, but do something, give me something. Don't just, just please don't give me Roddy Rich over and over and over and over and over, and over again. So uh, I think Isaiah Rashad achieves that. I think he makes a record that is both current um, you know, definitely of the trap moment, of the singing moment, but he does some interesting things with it. Um, it gives me vibes, not surprisingly, of uh, of some of my favorite Schoolboy Q songs. Um, there's definitely a similar approach, and I don't know if Isaiah Rashad was involved in the last couple Schoolboy Q records, but um, yeah, I really liked it. Nate, what were your thoughts on that? Um, I, I liked it as much as I can like something that's not for me. Like, I know this record's not for me, right? Like, th this is not an underground rap record. And it's funny to talk about this right after Nas, because even though Nas has always been on labels, like, he has underground rapper proclivities. Like, he's, sure. he's writerly, right? Right, right? And, like, he, even though he has a couple of things that, like, kind of transcended that and became club bangers, this, his, his music is not really positioned for the club so this falls under the thing and i actually like some of this music quite a bit and will re-listen to it and stuff but it sounds like it should be on the tv show insecure it, uh, mm -hmm. like, i really uh, like the tv show insecure i love sure. the music curation of that like i, right, I just sure. i was like a couple of these songs i was like okay like Issa's gonna go meet up with molly <laughs> and they're showing like th there's actually a surprising amount of pools in inglewood and if you get a drone <laughs> or a helicopter shot you can see that you know what i mean so it puts me in that in that state of mind and my track that i came away really liking was called all Earth with uh a mindy yeah. i was like this is yep. a great song like i'll playlist yep. this i sent it to a few friends yesterday i was just like this is a this is a total banger it kind of has like spooky uh trip hoppy female vocal vibes that i really liked he's like you know more on the bars side of things than the crooning side of things so i i found some stuff to like about it but i have to say i felt a little silly listening to the whole thing i was just like eh. is there anything else we want to it, it's, <laughs> it's like if you wore a fanny pack across your chest right even if it's you're like just splitting the man cans with the yeah. fanny pack. It's just a terrible look for me. It's like, I feel a little silly doing this, but I heard that's what the kids are doing. You know what I mean? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, Dave, how did you wear your fanny pack while listening to Isaiah Rashad? Man, I, I'm still getting over Nate's um, comment. Um, the, uh, you know, Isaiah Rashad isn't uh, an artist I'm super familiar with. So I just want to, you know, shout out the, uh, the list to the listeners. I mean, if there's some sure shots, some stuff that we need to peep, please send it over. Let because, us know. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, with this record, it really wasn't grabbing me like at all. So I feel like I'm not the intended audience for it. Um, yeah. So I, I do agree that that song All Herb is pretty cool. I put that on the, my uh, mixtape at work. But other than that, I mean, sort of just even your descriptors of the album, I'm like, nope, not for me. Nope, not for me. Nope, not for me. And that's no diss to him. So yeah. again, yeah. I mean, uh, anybody who's listening, send us the uh, Isaiah Rashad sure shots because I'm not really into this record. But again, 
yeah. totally not for me that the, the, the on dave's business cards now but tombstone later it will say there's too much singing on this rap record <laughs> and this is like a perfect totally example of like where the, the singing kind of takes over i think but i have to say uh i think partially why i was able to enjoy this is because of the like intensive backstory that uh our buddy jeff weiss reported out in his fader uh cover oh, story right, on isaiah right. a couple of right. months ago so like since i thought the I'm, I'm assuming everyone thought the album would drop right then because right. um, it, it seemed like Jeff had heard it when he was writing it and like that he had hung out with Isaiah and he had moved back to his hometown and had all these drug problems. And so to hear the music that comes out of that is very interesting. Very interesting. If I didn't have yep. any of that backstory, I could have just been like, I don't really understand what's going on with this dude. He seems mm. so depressed by being a famous rapper. <laughs> by laying in a pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, to me, it's a classic mash and use classic it's a textbook tde release you mm. you get the echoes of of uh schoolboy q and the tick tick every song on this album goes right tick, 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 tick. right right like it's right. very a tick tick album um which i get that isn't for necessarily I think our, kids our call those hi-hats right yes. <laughs> <laughs> tick, tick ticks you mean tick ticks um yeah so it's it's one of those things where i totally get the thing of of in the 40 plus uh, rap guy category. Definitely not uh, so much in our wheelhouse, but I do feel like I could tell the difference between this and everybody else singing. Like it's one of the few records where I'm like, okay, I see where this could go if a little creativity was applied. Um, it just makes me all the more hungry for a, a new Kendrick record or uh, a new a new Schoolboy Q record. But um, yeah, so there's, Isaiah Rashad. Now we, we talked about these two polls. Let's meet in the middle. And that person is Pink Sifu, who was yes. on this program not too long ago. Um, and he has a new record called Gumbo, which I think it contains some interesting elements um, from both of the genres that we just kind of discussed. Um, and it is Gumbo, it's very aptly titled. Um, mm -hmm. He's throwing a lot of different things in the mix as he alluded to on this program i felt so like i don't know i'm not to flex like i'm an insider or something he doesn't know who i am but <laughs> having having had the conversation with them about his approach and where he's going with his future mm -hmm. projects i it helped me get into this record in a way that i don't know that i would have because i, I would have been like mm, what are you doing where are we going it's a little trappy it's a little singy mm -hmm. um but it's still still weird no nate uh, very weird and there's a lot of rapping on it i what i love about this is it feels very albumy it's like overstuffed like there's like mm -hmm. big rube monologues there's georgia Muldrow, right like kind of like taking it to the kitchen quite literally when you hear the verse you'll get that i'm not like trying to be misogynistic <laughs> in any way but it's just it's about food um anyway yeah he is just doing a lot with this record in a way that I think is really, really dope. And I think like, um, it takes a while to absorb, like it, you definitely need to sit with this and go back for seconds, if you will. Um, and just like kind of see all the different styles that he's done throughout his career to this point, all the different aliases. I feel like it's all kind mm -hmm. of coming together mm -hmm. now under his main rap handle, which is pink Sifu. And just like, I, I just, I think it's really, really, it's a really good record but really it's just a lot of record and Not i think it just needs to be like contended with you know what i mean and i find that challenging and interesting and good and i want to 
go deeper and understand and but mm-hmm. I'm, it's definitely like quite a bit to take in on first listen also just a weird thing and i feel like this is kind of like how things get lost in the shuffle went back to listen today it seemed to have been pulled from spotify from spotify for, like, songs. i was gonna ask you and i was like that. oh hey. yep that's not oh, good wow. but if that's your choice that's your choice i went to Bandcamp and listened over there you know what i mean if that's better for him that's better but anyway i just that was a lot but i'll stop yeah i, I thank you for corroborating that i'm like did i not pay my bill like am i only <laughs> am I only getting like two two songs per album uh dave what were your thoughts on the gumbo you know what i i fucking loved it i listened to it twice all the way through and you know sometimes when you're listening to something for sort of homework like we do you know you're not necessarily in the right mind state but with this it's like it's there's so many different entry points it's like whatever mind state you're in you know you can you you can like jump on its wavelength um Everybody check out episode 168. That's when uh, Pink Sifu was on the program. And, you know, sort of talking to him makes me feel like I got a little insight into his character. So now seeing yeah. him like expand with his work, I mean, the album is so atmospheric and he, Sifu is one of the only people I think who is uniquely qualified to sort of narrate the whole thing. Like you yeah. don't really want to yeah. hear other people on it trying to be all mystical on one hand and, <laughs> and street on the next, but <clears throat> excuse me, but he's able to pull it off. Mm. And so, yeah, it's man. It's like the vibe technician, isn't totally. it? It's just like, this totally. song's this vibe, this song's this right. vibe, but the totally. overall thing is this vibe. I was right. just like, once you meet him and you kind of right, you catch his in-person vibe and like, we're lucky that people can personally explain their work to us and that totally. we can go out and apply that stuff. I didn't mean to interrupt Dave. I just thought it added to what you were saying. It's kind of- No worries, no worries. I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed his energy when we spoke and it's really good to see that manifested into his projects. Um, I, I really love this album and, you know, Nate mentioned earlier that it's something to be contended with and yeah, I'm looking forward to, to diving back into it. Yeah, you you it's not a it's not I don't know easy listening easy listening is the wrong word. It's not a fast food in the sense, right? Like right. you kind of you kind of there aren't the things that jump out you jump out at you like that. So, um yeah, definitely sit with it uh and you know, if you don't like it, here's the thing about Pink Seafood that I love. He's just got a different record coming out totally. after that. Like Totally. You totally. know what I mean? It was just like with Negro where it was like Okay, that was a lot. I'm not sure if that was right. for me, but right. he even said it. He's like, hey, sometimes certain people ain't going to get with certain projects. Right. And, that's and right. isn't his next project like with 15 dudes from Cincinnati doing like yeah. hardcore street rap? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it, though. You totally. Know, like, I, I totally want to hear that. <laughs> like he, can, he can do different lanes and occupy them, but none of them sound forced. You know what I yeah. mean? So, totally. yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, so that that's a little <clears throat> bit of the record roundup. There's a couple more uh, records we want to check, but we want to get to our interview. We have on the program today, the group Tanya Morgan. We talked to Don Will um, sometime back in the, in the hundreds of episodes, and uh, he was a cool, you know, humble cat that was great about talking about his process process so we were lucky enough to have both don will and von p whose new record don and von uh should be coming out shortly after you hear this podcast um and so they chopped it up with us about their creative process um what it's like to try to move a record in 2021 and uh you know all the greatness that is tanya morgan so without further ado let's get into the interview dad bod rap pod
Dad Bod Rap Pod. Every week we have conversations with people that are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have internet rap pioneers, Tanya Morgan. What's going on? What up? You know, pioneers. You hear that? <laughs> that was that was a test run. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna float this. I'm gonna see how they feel about it, and that's gonna be the lead into my first question. Um, appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, yeah, so the the group Tanya Morgan, uh, which is a genius name, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, you guys formed over the internet, like the weekend that the internet was created. Like, how did you? <laughs> how like do, do, does that you know does that uh, fact? I'm not sure if you guys are properly credited for that, but how does it feel to kind of have been on the front end of what is the regular way of making music now. We have several cross city internet, you know, uh, spawn connections. Just wanted to kind of get you guys' opinion on being uh, pioneers of, of this approach. I just want to say we did everything a week before Soldier Boy. Whatever Soldier Boy was the first person <laughs> to do, we did everything a week before. And then we Literally a week it. before Soldier Boy. Yeah. Like, funny enough, like, you know, like Tyler's new album. <laughs> Tyler's album, I love the album. The album is crazy. Yeah, same. But like when he put up the little call me if you get lost cards, the first thing I thought was, hey, we that was Brooklyn. <laughs> like, uh, so again, like, yeah, we, we like, we it, like had it's a just whole. cool at this point, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Not, like bitter about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I'm not. happens a lot. Like, I, I see little things, not all the time, but I see things that I hadn't seen. And then we did it, you know, like, and then it's, even down to, like the, the cassette back back when we put the first record out in 2006 and like people weren't making their albums on cassettes anymore and we did that and then you know just little things like you know sending people postcards with like a theme of the album and just just all kinds of little things it's like a lot of marketing stuff that we just went crazy with early on and um to be honest we were you know slightly ahead of some things yeah and, um well, now we other, have to figure out what to do next and we <laughs> the other the part. other the other thing is we were as i like to call it building the road as we drove the car so in a lot of ways the internet didn't like the stuff we were trying to do the internet just wasn't made for and now now it's kind of like it's perfectly made for everything we were doing before but we we also we've entered that phase of our lives where like we have other things that <laughs> we yeah, have to do. Like it, so a, yeah. lot of the, a lot of that stuff, it was, it was like, it was, it worked. It was cool because let's be honest, we had like a novelty kind of gimmicky name. Although we didn't get the name for gimmick sake, but we had like, you know, wh why, why are these guys standing on the corner? Why does it say Tanya Morgan? And you know, all these other little things, why is this on a cassette? Nobody has a cassette player. Why, why is there a fake map for an album? Like, what is what is all of this crap? And, yeah. But it would work. But at the same time, it was people, um, just like you know, your, your casual fan would be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't care, and kind of keep it moving. But you know? to go back to the original question of how do I feel about it? like just uh, the the kind of like pioneering versus like what's going on now? Like, it's still as exciting, and like I kind of. I just like watching what's happening. Like, like everything. I've been really um, intrigued by the NFT stuff lately. Mm. 
Um, like we we like again like the the week when every big week when GameStop and AMC and all that shit was like I feel like GameStop, AMC, and NFTs all mm-hmm. happened in the same week. And there was a week where everybody was a, was a fucking stockbroker, and everybody was like, <laughs> everybody was like a deep web like like oh. analyst or some shit. But um, yeah, man. But um, yeah, like so recently, um, a a a like a lawyer bought a portion of like has signed up and got a portion of Tribe Called Quest's um, royalty points. Yeah, I and believe then, he bumped that a little bit though. Yeah, yeah, you saw that. Yeah, but like I I I to say that kind of led me back down the pathway of like. Like just kind of investigating NFT art and, and with regards to music and stuff, like just looking into it. I mean, like, yeah. you know, like the thing is, I think you have to be able to scale it to do it correctly. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But mm-hmm. it's definitely about to be scalable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Non-fungible Tanya. As long as you don't like blow up the planet or nothing, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, we, we're gonna sell this. We're gonna sell this podcast as it. As it <laughs> yeah. We're gonna figure out the when we figure out the green NFT is gonna go crazy because they talk yeah. about you know fuck the planet up, but we're gonna figure that out. <laughs> Fellas, I wanna um, sort of bring it back to the first release that you mentioned, Moonlighting. Um, mm. I, and I know that it was, uh, like Damone mentioned that it was done online and I just want to know sort of the working process with that versus the new album and sort of, it, have you guys leveled up in ways that maybe the casual fan didn't pick up on and just what that overall process was like? Um, do you mean as far as like recording process? Yeah. And just creative process. Um, the same. Okay. Okay. The only difference is we don't. I can't even say that because when we started, we didn't live in the same city. I was in Brooklyn. He was in Cincinnati. Now he's in Brooklyn. I'm in North Carolina. But we still, like, literally, the, there's no difference where it used to be AOL, Instant Messenger, we're talking all day. Now it's just iMessage, you know, just talking all day still. Right. And um, we just, we, we've been in the same, we've had the same chat window open for like 10 years at this point you know like if you could scroll that far back it might be like man i'm so i'm nervous brooklyn natty comes out tomorrow you know like it's like so it's not really a difference we our our friendship has been based on us just talking about whatever and you know as we continue to mature as men the conversation continues to change and we're like you know we're like brothers i call him my big brother and we just move like that and sometimes it'll become a song. Like a lot of times, um, I don't even know if Don, I was thinking about this the other day, but like, we'll be talking about like, he might be going through like a breakup or something. I'm always and I'll write a song, I'll write a verse and have a beat that's like kind of in the vein of what he's going through to get him to talk about it. Like, um, like the song one or for the uh oh <laughs> uh banded thing part. Like you was going through whatever you're going through and I went yeah. and wrote a verse to like talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Or like you get yeah. what you pay for, peppermint. It's like talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And then so like we only make albums when I'm breaking up with people because that was, that was <laughs> nah, <the> nah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it it oh the cat's leaving now. Later. So yeah, it all just comes down to that. We 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 talk all day long, and um, it turns into songs. It turns into beats. You and know, he'll be sitting around making beats and shooting my way, vice versa. 
even the uh, the delegation of work is pretty much the same as it always was. Like for Tanya Morgan projects, um, Vaughn always kind of handles the final mix, like meshing the, the project together and, and like kind of like giving it the giving it the the sequence and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like the only album we've ever done that was delegated differently was Rubber Souls, and that was where we linked up with Six Sense and recorded in the studio together, and we had to like physically travel to like access the demos, like travel to hear the work we had done. We didn't really have like, it wasn't just on my laptop versus this album where I literally, I was cleaning out my um, logic sessions and I just have a folder with all of my verses, like all the, the demos and like all the um, editing that I'd done. So like from, it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's boring, but like from moonlighting until now, we literally have just, it's been the same thing. Even when we were in the same city for the short period of time, we would be hanging out and then just go record in other places. <laughs> yeah, we were we were literally like that was uh, that was after was that post Brooklyn Addy? Yeah, it was, I don't it was sandwich, the Brooklyn sandwich Addy. shop era. It was sandwich yeah, shop. Yeah, post Brooklyn Addy up until and we did a lot of you get what you pay for um yep. in the same city also. So that from 2011 to 2016, 17, we would like hang out, we would be together and separate and go record our song separately like that's that's just just we work best that way yeah you know? and I, I i think part of it too is that we've never really had like a centralized studio location you know like you know new york apartments is just fucking they're as big as these zoom squares you know what i'm saying it's like so <laughs> a lot of times when the urge to create strikes like we would we wouldn't physically be in the same room anyway you know what i'm saying like and when we were hanging out in in public or like together it was to relax and actually hang out like nobody hangs out in their house in new york you know well now now we do but prior to the pandemic you pay for new you pay to live here so you can be outside you're not in the house you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. that's really interesting and i you know the only thing that comes to mind is like if it ain't broke don't fix you know don't fix it if you guys have a system that's working for you you, you know it's gotten you this far it's 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 very interesting to hear though that there was a time you were close enough to do it and it just <laughs> I still didn't do it. I, I'm fascinated <laughs> by that. Um, Vaughn, this question is for you. We didn't get a chance to talk to you when this came out, but I am a fan of your album City for Sale. And Thank um, you. yeah, for sure, man. And uh, I've been thinking about it recently because I don't know if you've heard it, but Sky Zoo's new album um, mm-hmm. kind of touches on similar themes. Like I would kind of put them both in the gentrification rap um, or yeah. rap about <laughs> gentrification uh, kind of thought process uh, release theme we we got not to cut you off sorry no, we no. actually spoke about it when my record came out because we had did we had the same publicist at the time so okay. we were doing like cross promotion when he had the uh what's it called retropolitan with Peter yeah. Rock. yeah and city for sale had came out like the same week so we were doing some press together and he was telling me that he's like yo man city for sale that's actually what i'm working on right now and i'm like yo that makes perfect sense because we're from the same place, had the same experiences. Of course, you would also have a lot to say about it. So, yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I just, um, we're, we're kind of heading in that direction anyway. But if you can just kind of give the people a little bit of insight into what what was going on in your life at that time and how you like strove to capture it. I, I don't I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you agree with this. I feel like it's maybe a little underheard. Like we should we mm-hmm. should give people a kind of impetus to go back and check it back out again. Yeah, Um. 
how do we trick people to go listen to that album again? Hey, man, let me tell y'all something. We predicted the election on that album. Nah, um, yeah, City, City for Sale. When did I start? We, we're always, like my, my Instagram bio says, I never leave album mode. Because we're always just working on albums, just yeah, always I, working. So I feel like I there were remember. versions of City for Sale. Like there were like alternate versions of it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, some somewhat, somewhat. Okay. So um, I I do remember in 2014 we were on the road, and that was the first time I had played the first demos for for Dawn, and um, I just remember you telling me I was going in the right direction because I played like doorbell. He was like, oh, doorbell is dope. And I was like, I got this song I want to get Homeboy Sandman on. And I played that. And he was like, oh, that'll be dope. And like, and you just were like, I was playing different things. I was like, yo, I got this record and it's fast called Wild. I want you to get on Wild. And he's like, yeah, I like, I like where you're going with this. So just keep going in that direction. And um, it was all based on because around that time I was moving out of New York. My, um, my now wife, we were in Maryland. And um, if you know DMV area, same thing is going on down there. Like every like where you you'll hear Odyssey mentioned. You know his mom used to hang out at this place, and now it's it's torn down, and now it's condos. So I'm like, that's when I started to actually pay attention to it. And every time I would visit my mom and my brother in Brooklyn, I said, oh, I can't wait to get there and go to my sandwich spot. Gone. I can't wait to go there and go to the bar. Gone. I mean, I want to catch a show at uh, Southpaw gone and just watching it happen and it's not like I was disappearing from Brooklyn for months I was right in the DMV area which is four or five hours away so I'd pop up every two months and if something was different every two months yep so I it just started to blow my mind and around that time we had also started working with um producer Guts out of um Paris so then go to Paris and you would see Paris changing because, you know, they romanticize what it is. Same way they do New York City. They just show you, you know, the 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 French romanticized stuff. <laughs> and the same, same thing in bridges, New York. The would, Eiffel Tower, the three exactly. cafes. Yeah, the but Pyramid of the I, We were staying like in the in the hood, for, for lack of a better term. And that's where I was most comfortable because that's where I'm from. And you would see right on the outskirts how these people were being treated and how their neighborhood looks and everything is so dilapidated. And then you go in the center and then you got the, the croissants and <laughs> you got all of that. And I was like, yo, everywhere is the same. So I was working on this album and I was like, I want to call it city for sale. Cause I'm starting to notice everywhere I go, your city's for sale. And I just went into that. I wrote some of it out there. I wrote most of it going between uh, Maryland and Brooklyn and just and just seeing things change and talking to people when we go on the road, it, it, it started to be a thing where like, oh man, yeah, you know, we used to have this venue, it was real dope, this is the new venue, but now, you know, the one we used to have, you know, I remember I saw Merge there in 2003 and man, that shit's gone now. And I started having this conversation everywhere. Cause at first I wanted to call it Last Hustle in Brooklyn but then yeah, it was yeah. too it was too specific because mm. it's not just a Brooklyn thing and I don't want to be that New Yorker that thinks <laughs> things only happen in New York. You know what I mean? So I changed I, it to city for sale and it just became about every city. 
That's for sale. You know? I want to. I want. I want to make a point about your album too. The the thing that I enjoy the most about this album is like he you you produced most of uh, P's got to have it. Like you like you know it was like a kind of collaborative thing in a way. Aon did. Aon did most of it. Shout and, to Aon. Okay, yeah, like but like this was the first one that you fully produced. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that was for me anyway. Like I I don't think that I don't think that enough people. Know, know and respect you as a producer. You know what I'm saying? I won't say respect you as a producer, but what I'm saying is like... Just I, don't know. Yeah, just don't know about mm-hmm. like the resume. Like a lot of a lot of the, the big Tanya Morgan records are you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so like this I album... They don't know I, I produced like, the whole Illmatic. They don't know these yeah, things. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was written. Thank you, but yeah, you know? Happy it was called that. Vaughn was written for before. Yeah, um, yeah man. <laughs> Uh, want to kind of switch gears a little bit towards uh the new record uh Don and Vaughn uh it's gonna be out on, on August thirteenth. Um, from the outset of the record, there's kind of this moment where one of y'all is talking somewhat derisively or, or kind of making a comment about like grown man rap, like kind of like, <laughs> like what the fuck is that? And as a show that's called the Dad Bod Rap Pod, Dad I thought I. I thought I'd circle back and um, just kind of get y'all reflections on what you think that term means. I, I could see why folks would want to kind of maybe put that label on y'all. Just what do you, what you, it, you make fun of it a couple times on the record, actually. Uh, what are your feelings uh, about, about that term? And is it, is it apt? Don, I, I, Don, I just gotta, I gotta just let him know. I thank you so much that you saw that it was a joke, because I was, I was really worried. I was worried that like Don and I, like I said, we talk all the time, and we had these little meetings, and at one point Don was like, it had nothing. God's my witness. We, you know, we're little brothers, little brothers, but it had nothing to do with the whole blackness. But for a minute, Don was like. Nah, that's too close to the blackness on a little brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm not trying to have a catchphrase. I just think it's funny. It's like a tongue in cheek thing. Oh, so I had okay. put it like at the very end of the album. It says it one more time. Kick some grown man rap. Um, it was we were worried that it was too close to like we didn't want to sound like oh let's just put it on a t-shirt real quick. And um, we also didn't want people to think. We're spending the whole album saying this is the real hip hop. This is grown man. Right? <laughs> this is what you should be listening to. Because uh, honestly, we all were too old for that. Like that, that was cute. I will, I will one hundred percent admit that in the early days, I definitely thought like, you know, our dusty hundred dollar microphone rap should be on the radio right next to Mariah Carey because it was the real stuff. And um, you know, you get older, you figure out how things work how the world really works and what's going to reach the most people versus what's kind of, you know, esoteric and you making these nerdy references and, and this unclear sample, allegedly. And, uh, <laughs> so allegedly. With whole, yeah, with the whole grown man rap thing, it was a joke. It, it started on the first song because people, you know, people say, and we're not even, not in a snobby way, we're not against it, but you see a lot of, yeah, man, this is the real grown man rap, meat and potatoes rap, homegrown rap, like all of these catchphrases. <laughs> so it was a joke. I was like, you know, we realize that people have grown up on us at this point. We, we've met artists 
adult artists with kids that's like, man, I grew up on y'all. Like, man, I remember I was in, my dad was playing y'all music and I got hip to it and I love y'all. Yeah. And I was 10 years old when I heard blah, blah, blah. And I fell in love with y'all music. So when I was talking my shit at, on the intro, I was like, man, some of y'all grew up on us. That's dope. Well, since we all grown, let's get into some grown shit. And in the ad lib, I was like, pick some grown man raps. Joke. <laughs> then as we started to put the album together and like, cause like Don said, I pieced the, um, I'm like the guy that sequences the albums and stuff. Don is the, uh, he's the approval board. I take everything to him and he has to approve it. But like I put the stuff together <laughs> and I, 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 threw it, I threw it at the beginning of the, uh, the song that we're releasing. So good with Cooley High, the second single um, that came out on July 9th. And um, it's at the end of the album. So it was just this running thing that we're, it was a joke of kick some grown man rap when the truth is we're just not kids rapping. We're not, we're not gonna pretend to be kids. I was um I was I was driving around with my wife earlier listening to uh um Do You Want More and Silent Treatment came on and I was like it's so funny to hear like if you go through all the Roots Girl songs through the years, Silent Treatment is about yo she won't let me hit it, she know what I she know what I wanted but she fronted yeah, and that's yeah. all it's about and you forward to now and it's mature it's a mature relationship y'all I've been with this lady. We're going through ups and downs. We have kids. I'm on the road all the time. We have bills to pay. I got to keep the spark going. Like, you know, real adult, adult shit. And we're both in our 40s. We're not trying to act like we tearing the club up. And if we are tearing the club up, we at the day party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, we, we not, we're not trying to pretend that we're 25 years old. And that's really all it comes down to. So the kick some grown rap, grown man rap thing is really just a joke on the idea that, for me, that's like saying, oh, I've never been to jail. You ain't supposed to go to jail. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to rap, you're supposed to sound like you're 40 years old because you're 40 years old. Don't exactly. tell me, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not, I'm sorry if I'm rambling and ranting. I'm not dissing anybody, but after a while you have to stop telling me how much drugs you sold and this kind of stuff, because I'm like, yo, I know for a fact you're 47 years old and you have a lot of money and you don't tell me you're still selling crack on the corner because you're not. Right. Right. So figure out figure out a way to be fly and tell me what you're doing today and make it sound fly. It's not that hard if you're truly a talented person. It's just my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, and that's that's my opinion too. There's <laughs> no shots at anybody. That's just just my opinion. No, but you articulated it well. You know what I'm saying? Like it's exactly mm -hmm. that. Just it is tongue in cheek, and it's also like the thing about this album in particular is that I feel like you know, for it to be named Don and Vaughn, we both kind of like used the album to just lean more into like who's behind Tanya Morgan. You know what I'm saying? Like usually mm -hmm. it's like a heavy concept. It's like a bunch of other stuff going on versus this album is it is just kind of like 12 really good songs strung together. You know what I'm saying? We didn't really. And that was a, that was a, um, we had a conversation about should there be skits and blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it just came down. Let's just, let's just give them some records. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Um, you guys, I wanted to uh, sort of piggyback on, on the previous, previous question. Um, when Don was talking about city for sale and um, I, I'm always fascinated with like musical partnerships and how, what the other person thinks of the other person. And so Vaughn, can you sort of 
you know, for our listeners, talk about what's the what's the Don Will album that people need to check out? Which is your favorite? <sighs> he has different albums depending on moods. Um, <laughs> this is true. Uh, man, I... I I want to say Doppelganger, man. I know it's like a really, it's a really honest album, and um, it's, it's it's honest to the point that Don's like kind of uncomfortable about the album, because you know it's like he'll tell you it was like a, a dark place. Like even mm-hmm, I even yeah. hesitate to bring it up because I don't want to bring up bad bad memories. But as you know, sometimes that makes for great art, and um, so I would have to say Doppelganger, and I really really love um. Don Cusack and High Fidelity, too. I, I love, like, that. I still refer to Don Cusack and High Fidelity as, like, some of the best written songs that Tanya Morgan's ever had anything to do with. Like, some of the stuff on that album just, like, really, really, really well-written songs. So, Don Cusack and uh, Doppelganger. Word. Thank you, man. Yeah, that's cool. I, it's a, you know, this a little hokey, but it's just so cool, like how much you guys support each other and how much you're fans of each other. Like, I, I think that's amazing. I love you, man. Oh, <laughs> funny. And, and not to make it personal, but Dave and I have a text chain that that's long. We just never made any albums. <laughs> been, been having the same conversation, mostly about music, sometimes about sports sometimes about life for that long so it's just cool to see it all reflected in yeah, well, great we, we, we family man yeah we met we met each other like that's how we met was just being like yo man i like your music can i send you some of my music and it was just like mm. it was like a mutual fanship turned friendship and like um like even like when when bond's album come, came out like when he got done with he's done working on a project he'll like send us the group chat and we'll just spend the day gushing about it. <laughs> to his, gushing to his face with like oh man the chop on this shit is crazy he's like wow and Bond's just like word <laughs> I'm sending it like yo break it apart help me make this better right you know? yeah. and they'd be like nope love it on the flip tell me you know they, they keep it real with me too on the flip yeah I'm very much like I didn't realize how much of a just speak by opinion person I am but like I'm very much like if I don't like it, I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. And if my opinion changes, I'll be like, I was wrong. I like it now, or I was wrong about it. But I very much don't really. Yeah. I like what I like, and I don't like what I don't like. And I can tell you why. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Don, this last question is for you. And it's going to be a little awkward because I cannot quote the line to you. But a line okay. that really <laughs> stood out on this record towards Let's the go. end was when you were saying, like, <laughs> if you know me from Twitter, yeah, yeah. You, you know how you it know ends. Um, and I, I just thought it was an interesting acknowledgement that you have a multifaceted career. You do the comedy stuff. You're a DJ. You're on Twitch. And like you, did you feel like you needed to remind people that like you are primarily an MC on this one? I absolutely did. Like, so Brooklyn Natty was an album where I remember my writing on Brooklyn Natty was a direct response to my writing on Moonlighting. Like, I felt like, I felt like if I, I don't want to like put my insecurities on blast, but I will. I feel like if you go listen to Moonlighting and then listen to Brooklyn Natty, my performances specifically, you'll hear from the first album to the second one, more articulation. I really made it a point to kind of like, kind of like lose the Midwestern accent as much as I could. Just cause again, mm-hmm. people were like, you on message boards and shit, people were like misquoting me. And it was literally just because I was saying things the way that I would say them naturally. Cause I was like, fuck that. I'm going to articulate 
the bars have been sharper. I'm going to make sure they're sharper. I'm going to do, I really worked hard on the album in terms of like my vocal performance. This album was, um, what was, you get what you pay for was before that, before mm-hmm. this album. And it, like, there was like this, I don't know, I, I just get in this mode where I was like, I feel like nobody knows I rap. I feel like people have forgotten <laughs> that I rap. You know what I'm saying? Like people, if I meet a per, if I bump into like four people and they recognize me for something, at, at this point, they might not, none of them might not be like, I know you from rap, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is, yeah. it's kind of, it, it bothers me in a, in a way, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, people are on Twitter like, oh, you're funny, blah, blah, blah. You're good with words. I'm like, because I fucking rap. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like that song, and that song in specific, uh, that's, um, that's, that's uh, Reaching the Sky. Reaching the Sky. We got two Scott, two Scott themes on. But I remember... <laughs> I remember I sent, I was like walking down the street recording that verse into GarageBand on my phone. And I like <laughs> I just sent you the te- I sent it to you via text, like, yeah, here we go. This is it. But like the whole album was just that. Like, let me make sure that these motherfuckers remember I rap. That's that's literally my whole point of the album. And, and especially the, the second half of the album, just to keep the like the bro down going. The second half of the album is really the Don Will show. Like I'm looking at it, I'm like. From boots and practice, reaching the sky, whole mood. Like second half of the album is just like, all right, done. Show these yeah. motherfuckers. Let me <laughs> show the other, them how you get down. You the know? other thing too is like in terms of like with Tanya Morgan projects or like me and Vaughn working on stuff, I like to jokingly call myself the hold up. Like when people are like, what's the hold up? <laughs> it's done because like I'm usually the person that like. I'll turn in my verse. I like I like start working on things and I like walk away from it and then like I'll just another short burst of work, I'll send like Bond like six verses at once. It'll like mm-hmm. the album will be done because I'll send him everything. And a lot of it is just mainly um, just figuring out what I want to say. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I get in my head a lot about um, music in general because these things, they live forever. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to, like I know now we're at, a, we're at a stage where, you know, everything is like kind of a vibe and it's got to make you feel a certain way. And if it don't feel good, people just, like people are kind of like, even the mumble rap thing is just people, it's not really mumble rap, it's just somebody doing a take that's adequate enough for them. Like, mm. like you know, sometimes you'll like overdo a take so much that it'll lose the feeling, the words will be there, but it's just like, yeah. it, it just feels sterile, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like a lot yeah. of that stuff is just capturing the emotion of that moment. So for me, it's like, all right, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna put something out that I'm not going to want to listen to five or 10 years because believe it or not, I do listen to our music. You know, <laughs> yeah. like when, you know how Spotify does those year wrap ups. Right. I never really post my like, actually. It'll be like Tanya just... Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's slightly more narcissistic, but I listen to our podcast. So I feel you. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have to, like you almost have, it's, it's almost like to, to understand the growth or like control the quality of a thing or even just to see what you've done and what, what's left to be done, you have to kind of be aware of what you make. That's why when people say, like when people say they don't listen to their music, I'm like, man, I wish. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we, we know how to be, we know how to really be critical of our stuff because there's stuff that yeah. we disagree on. Like his favorite album that we have will be one thing. And I'd be like, nah, because it's five songs up there that could have been cut. And he's like, you crazy. And then like, <laughs> he'll tell me, yo, this album was too long. This song and this song shouldn't have been up there. Yeah. So we like, we know how to be honest. So that's, dope. that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's dope. So uh, speaking of albums and longevity, the new album, uh, Don and Vaughn, 
comes out on August 13th. You can't see this podcast listeners, but I'm looking at the vinyl <laughs> right here. Uh, so we encourage everybody to go check it out. Uh, really want to thank you guys for coming on the program. This is a completes the circle for me of being on OK Player in 03 <laughs> when I was supposed hey. to be working. Uh, and being like, who are these dudes Tanya Morgan? She's dope. Um, <laughs> thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, so just thank y'all for coming on the program, man. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you for having, having us. us. Appreciate you guys. Thank Absolutely. you, man. Peace. 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 All right, that was our conversation with Tanya Morgan. Um, very cool to have them on. I mentioned this. It completes my OK Player message board. Uh, <laughs> what's that thing when the old guys come out to uh, do to do play baseball? What is that called? Old Timers Day. Yeah, I felt like it was Old Timers Day for me in in, in OK Player That's world. Funny. Like I didn't oh know you God. were on that site, as they call it, Damone. <laughs> Yeah, I was on yeah. I was on these much more obscure record collecting message boards. I missed all of this stuff. You guys were getting like mixtape leaks and like breaking yeah. news and uh it was it okay player was black Twitter before black Twitter. Right. That yeah. that was that's where that energy even literally a lot of the same people, right? A lot of same mm -hmm. people, exactly. Yeah. And so Tanya Morgan in that scene, I would say Tanya Morgan and Little Brother were like the darlings of that world in that time. But it's really like cool the mom this... and the little brothers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, with with you know the roots being the uh, the the grandparent there, but um, yeah, it was great to talk with them. It's great to see that they are are still going. They talked about this uh, this message thread that goes back like years and years and years, which is so cool. And they just seem like they have such a great dynamic. Yeah, they're just big fans of each other's, and like mm -hmm. they're like, oh. Man make sure you talk about that part because you, you're yeah. so totally, good on that part. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I really like that dynamic. I think, I, I don't know if we said it during the interview, but I'll say now it reminds me of when we've had Arm & Hammer on a couple of times. Yes. And it's like, yes. they're such big fans of each other right. that it makes you want to be fans of theirs. And Yes, like, yes. I love they, seeing that sort of support and, you know, just uh, lifting each other up type of thing. I loved hearing their um, origin story as well. And uh, to your point, you know, they've they've been going way back. So it's it's really interesting. Um, I love that we were able to touch on Von P's um, gentrification project a little bit. I think Nate asked him that question. So yeah, that's City dope, for man. sale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah they're, they're really interesting guys. And this will never make any sense in the audio sense, but like Von P's cat also came in right after Corrupt's yeah. cat had come in when <laughs> we were interviewing them. <laughs> so that now we have like an inside joke basically that like involves them just among the three of us. So yeah, they're just great guys. And uh, Don in particular is just such a cool dude. And like totally, friend of totally the got what we were doing early, Very early. you know, yeah, and like uh, also has a dope podcast himself and totally. DJs and he's involved in the comedy scene. Yeah. But he was like, he was like, and I felt him so much on this. He's like, I still rap though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was kind of like, right, which I, right. I, I get that feeling inside. Like this is cool. And I still rap though. Don't yeah. play me like I don't rap. 
Well, uh, hang, uh, hang on to that shit, Damone. We're trying to put together your EP, dog. Yeah, I, I know, man. <laughs> 20, uh, before the end of the world, uh, I'm trying to uh, reap the benefits of a band Ooh, camp Friday. A, so a, we'll, it's, we'll it, see. It's, it's Monday. Well, I don't know what date it is. It's August the, 9th. August 9th today. The UN Climate Report came out today. And if you're not depressed, oh. just read a few pages. I think the war report was a better record, honestly, than the climate <laughs> report. I, I really, <laughs> the climate report was depressing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're 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 happy to still be alive. Um, our state is low key on fire, but we're we're still we're still hanging in there. Um, I wanted to go back to uh, the segment we did at the top of the show where we were talking about uh, some cool ass new records that came out, um, and we we wanted to touch on one more record that um, piqued our curiosity, and this was Homeboy Sandman's on. Oh, I'm I'm gonna mess it up. On Janetu. Angelito, uh, uh, record, which is uh, Homeboy Sandman produced by uh, Aesop Rock, which has some very interesting themes, Nate. Um, as, our <laughs> as our culinary expert, why don't you tell the people what this record is about, if you can? Sure. Uh, first off, up top, I want to give a shout out uh, to my buddy Mitch Legro, who designed the cover for this and all the like oh, nice. tour materials and stuff. Uh, you guys might know him as Langston Hughes or Fretboard Brewing from our oh, social yeah, media yeah. activity. Um, awesome dude, and um, he has always had a close affinity with Homeboy Sandman, so it's really cool to see them working together on a public project. But all that said, uh, I really like this record, and I actually think Aesop Rock brings it like the couple of the mm -hmm. beats are really hot mm -hmm. super minimal ba like banging for it in an underground sense mm -hmm. um, and then it starts to be about milk and beef and stuff <laughs> yeah. a lot like it's just kind of hard to it's a six song project so like a third of it <laughs> is about cows and cow products and like he's milking weird. this one huh yeah he's yeah, really milking it <laughs> Are we not giving it a fair shake? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Where's Moo? <the> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's just an odd choice. Like if that's what's on your mind, like uh, I my affinity for regular guy rap and rapping about what's going on in your life is well noted. This is this is too much. Is it too much, Nate? A little bit. A little oh, bit. Dave, was it too much for you? Um, I mean, it was fine for me. <laughs> it yeah. was fine. I. You know, um, if uh, I really like the the main cut, um, the video was really cool with him using different various transportation devices through through New York. I mean, it was a very sort of colorful, celebratory, warm video. But yeah, as as the album goes on, and and don't get me wrong, I love weirdness. A little too weird for me, man. Um, to Nate's point, though, I do love Aesop Rock's production. What it what this album made me kind of do was go back and revisit the previous Lice. Uh, projects that they put together which you know when when those projects came out I totally dismissed them because I was kind of like off of Aesop Rock I really wasn't a homeboy Sandman but um, if you go back and take a listen to it I think that is actually a better collaborative effort because um, it's it's them having fun um, it's it's no hooks no concepts they're just rapping and I think um, Aesop Rock does the production on that as well and um, if you want a good recent example of that they did like a tribute song to Doom when Doom passed. Yeah. That yeah. was very much on yeah. the same vibe where it's like min minimal beat and they just kind of go in and go out. Yeah. And, um, that's kind of what I'm looking for. So I guess on this one, it's just tight. 
Oh man, you guys what are you hating, on, hating on dietary restrictions. Um, <laughs> I I want to I want to just kind of uh, third this uh, notion of of ASAP Rock's production. I liked his project um, Spirit Spirit World Field Guide from last year. Mm-hmm. I've never been a huge ASAP uh, fan, but what struck me about that record is it is banging. He he does underground production that still has some. Uh, formidable low end. Um, mm-hmm. He uses catchy old school samples in a fun way that I really like what he does. So I heard echoes of that on this record, um, which I liked. I'm I'm big. I'm big into Homeboy Sandman. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front. Um, for a long time, I've I've really felt he's one of the best kind of bar for bar guys mm-hmm. um, in rap. And what's amazing to me is that he can stay interesting, um, talking about literally anything mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. very much the rap game seinfeld where you're like is this suitable material to be rapping about but then he shows you mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like no watch this so it's almost like i love that he was like i'm gonna do a song about cow's milk watch this right right um and and for the for the most part he lands it some of the hooks can be a little goofy i don't mind weird sometimes things can be a little goofy with sandman and he the milk from cows hook is a little goofy, uh, but his song, no beef. I'm not a vegan yet, but God damn it. That song had me like, shit. It's a, it makes a very compelling case. That's actually and, funny. I'm just, just doing a little accounting here. Damone, you already don't eat meat. Dave and I are omnivores. So we're, I, I think it's like he, he's preaching to the choir here. Well, no, I still, <laughs> but I, I still, I'm not vegan yet, but I don't eat beef and I have, but that's for the a song too. He says yeah. that in the song. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's you no guys are in the same boat on that. And we're like next. <laughs> I, but if he couldn't rap it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fun i don't no. know who else could pull off a song maybe doom i think doom was the only yeah, other person that rap. could rap about kind of weird nonsensical seemingly nonsensical shit but make like intense sense every bar totally, of, the no, totally. of the no beef song makes perfect they make sense. sense right yeah it's, i mean I, it's not with, easy to do with with homeboy sandman i mean when he's in his pocket i mean there's almost nobody cleaner you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And he and he just gets into it and it's just these constant Especially when he's, he's rapping fast. It's a yeah, juxtaposed. It's really with, impressive. Uh, what it's what Eminem impressive. does, Eminem raps fast and it's horrible. It's fast for fast sake. Right, um, right. Where Sandman takes a flow, he sets it up, he shows you, he's very transparent. Mm-hmm, this is the flow mm-hmm. and watch me carry it on. And he yeah. will do, you know, I just de- decried at Eminem for doing 60 bar verses, but Sandman in his bag will do you know, 60 bars, but somehow you can follow it. There's, mm-hmm. he knows how to use mm-hmm. negative space. Right. So I, I definitely dug this project. Um, I also liked its brevity. I don't know. I, I definitely could not have done 12 songs about cows, cows, <laughs> and methane. So I think they rounded off at a good spot. Um, and I'm just, I'm so intrigued by how he keeps this going. Like, what is he going to rap about next? Like yeah. he could rap about literally anything. Like he's going to have an Ikea song and I'm afford that shit to my girlfriend. That's what I do in Homeboy Sandman joints. I go, he has a song called Waiting for My Girl that you could listen to and understand. Right. And it's dope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. not too many guys doing that. So I, in praise of the of the very strange mercurial Homeboy Sandman. I mean, he's, an incredible, he's an incredible writer for sure. I just, with me, the songs and maybe some of the structures of the songs, I'm just like, eh, this hook's gotta go. Yeah. This, this weird part needs to go. I don't necessarily want to throw it on. 
but um substantive wise his shit's great yeah, yeah he he can wrap sure. his ass off like yeah, it's really 100. impressive and like i appreciate you damone for like kind of bringing him into our milieu and because i it was just someone i never really gave a chance i don't know why i was just like i just was name. like i don't yeah kind of uh, it's I mean, like I was just like I don't I don't know I don't think that's for me and then I was like oh it is for me because I like listening to people who can rap hella good and he raps right. like at a at an extremely high level. Um, I mean, I'll take the first three songs on this. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, okay. I mean, oh. put it this way: he didn't he did a collaborative album with fucking E Don, and we weren't all over it. I mean, right. that's like catnip to us, you know? Right, right, exactly. So, but again, he's so dense that you know I'm I, I'm going to go back to a Homeboy Sandman album and pick up. 30 things I fucking missed. So, you right. know, props yeah. to him for that. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting release, though. And I've, I'm always now curious about what he's going to be doing. Like, it's like, I think he's he's getting back out on the road is what I understand, yeah. Uh, yeah. which a lot of people are. And it's such weird times with that. Like, we don't have to get into all Ooh. the... Stay um, safe out yeah. there. All yeah. of our touring artists, I, I'm, I'm praying for y'all because uh, it's it's a little bit sketch out there. But um. Yeah, we uh we appreciate all of the rappers pushing the envelope and doing dope shit. And I appreciate the the crummy ones too because it it makes for good podcasting. Uh <laughs> we can we can dunk on terrible Eminem verses. Um <laughs> that's what you get here on the Dad Bod Rap Pod. You can get involved in the conversation at Dad Bod Rap Pod on Twitter. Um I just posted a question of the week which I'll also throw out here. Um and you can respond. And if this doesn't make it on in real time, who cares? Uh, what is the rap album of the summer of summer 2021? What is the rap Ooh. album of the summer? Hit us up on Twitter at dad rap pod with your response to that question. Um, it's Do we get a, to answer? Not today. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hold on to it. We'll come back when we have the, the listener. Feedback I have a one the, or three word answer, depending on how, uh, how, how official we're being. <laughs> Uh, I just sprang that still get your ballots out. Somebody mentioned um, already in our thread. Uh, we got to wait for Bo Jackson. We got yeah, before, before we crown a record of the summer and that might be correct. As we're talking right now, it's not out yet. Um, but uh, speaking of people who can just wrap their asses off, um, it's, it's crazy. So uh, that is how you can connect with us on Twitter at dad rap pod on Instagram as well. Um, you know, we do this every freaking Thursday. This was the 182nd episode. Um, we crazy. We got numbers on the board. We're the dad bod <laughs> rap pod. So now you're trying, trying to even up a score. But just because you say Oh, yeah.